0: coming right up straight talk with art levine our guest tonight dr alexander redline professor of real estate and facility management at the vienna university of technology as we continue our 21st anniversary year closed captioning provided by scan health plan straight talk is brought to you in part by southern california edison for over 100 years. Life powered by Edison. The Press Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now, your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire show is Dr. Alexander Redline, Professor of Real Estate and Facility Management at the Vienna University of Technology. Dr. Redline, welcome to our show.
1: I'm pleased to be here.
0: You think of FM, what do you think of? I think of radio, FM radio. But that is not the subject tonight. It's facilities management, and we have a real expert on the subject Tell us a little bit about what facility management is all
1: about. if you look at this studio, uh, there are two main costs. The first cost of personnel. The second cost is all the infrastructure and the services you need to operate this. So facility management is to optimize these management of the infrastructure. The, the main task of a facility manager is, first of all, to define the demand. If you look at this uh, studio, the demand is that everything is clean, that now the light is not going down when we have this talk. So first of all, you have to define this demand. I give you another example with my university. We are a student's university, and it was about five years ago that we thought maybe we should change something because my university buildings, are some of them are almost 200 years old.
0: Let's take a look at this gorgeous facility which is housing the uh, Vienna University of Technology. I think it's a several hundred year old building. Almost Uh, 200. We're taking a look at it and uh, you have the
1: responsibility of seeing that it runs right. No, luckily I'm only the professor there.
0: (laughs) Someone else does.
1: Someone else does. He is a very good guy, but as you can see, 200 years you have either to renovate them or you have to look for another place. And so, our um, rector was thinking, what shall we do? And our landlord said, yes, of course, you have to go outside and make something like a campus university, like like MIT. Uh, But then we said, okay, what is the strategy of a university? Students. Why are students coming to my university? Because of the good professors now, you could say. On the other hand, it's also because it's directly in the heart of Vienna. So it's 500 uh, meters away from the opera. On the other hand, it's maybe there are not so many people going to the opera that are studying with us, only 700 meters away from one of the biggest party locations, downtown Vienna. So when we want to be a student's university, we have to be in a city center, because then a lot of students are coming. So out of this strategic goal of the university, we said, the demand for my university for facilities is downtown Vienna. And the, uni- the building also <coughs> has
0: character as befits a 200-year-old yeah. building, and that adds to the mix.
1: Of course, that adds a lot to the mix, because if you go up there, you have rooms that are 10 meters high. If you would rebuild this, you would not be capable of paying off this. For example, the Audimax, the, Audimax, the, the, the landlord said, that's easy to rebuild it. On the other hand, an Audimax for seven hundred people is an Audi Max is the main uh, audience hall, the audi- auditorium, okay. auditorium. And if you have to rebuild this, then you would have to have a four-floor high building because half of it is empty because you have to have this. Otherwise, nobody is seeing uh, the professor in front. So. The real subject is, first of all, to define the demand. We learned from a lot of different case studies we did with industry that some of the companies did not really review the demand. So it grew and grew, and it was added this and it was added that. And now, because we have challenging times, uh, people really want to concentrate on the demand they have. The second important thing is, when we now define the demand, uh, is to source it. And this is not only for large companies. It's also for small companies, like I'm doing articles. Uh, When I'm doing articles, I have also a demand. I have a demand for my office. And when I now talk about this demand, I have to think maybe you want to come to me and we talk about a uh, project. So it's not only a small office, but it has also to have a prestige. So is the demand also to have cleaning? Do I need a cleaning personnel or not? So, this is first of all, demand definition, and it's nothing to do with very large companies. It's even a single one person company has to talk about this demand. And you mentioned cleaning, and you have an option of having the cleaning done by your own staff or outsourcing the cleaning. And this is what I meant as the second step the sourcing, to really say, is it better, is it really necessary that I have this outsourced? Of course, if I outsource something, then the outsourcing partner is capable of using economy of scale, because maybe my office is only 20 square meters. But there are several offices, and uh, it makes sense for a cleaning company, a professional cleaning company, because they have hundreds of thousands square meters to use machinery for that. If I would do it by myself, for 20 square meters, I never would buy machinery. (laughs) Uh, Third, you should not forget that you have to control the service provision i give you another example. We are at the five-floor um, office building, and uh, the cleaning personnel is very friendly. They know me personally and treat me every morning, and they take care about my department very dearly. Do you know why? They get a Christmas present, they get a present on Easter. So the problem is only if they take so much care about my department, what's about the rest <laughs> of the five floors? <laughs> So now it's the Department of Facility Management that has to take care that this cleaning lady is not only staying at my office and taking care of my office, but their quality assurance is done over all the different floors. And
0: you need metrics to measure these things. And in the next segment, we'll be talking about that as we continue this discussion with our expert from Vienna. We'll be right back.
1: In today's world, everything's connected.
0: From the workplaces that support us, to the homes that welcome us, to the trees and wildlife habitats that remind us how important our environment is. When a bird lands on a branch, and in the midst of a busy day, we stop to watch. It makes us realize we're all in the same boat. The Port of Long Beach welcomes this world with open arms, an environmental policy that's second to none, and a commitment to shaping a vibrant community. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks, We're back talking about facilities management with our expert from Vienna, uh, Dr. Redline. And the industry group here is known as the International Facility Management Association, IFMA, and their foundation, which is the charitable arm of the organization, recently published a book, Work on the Move. And this award-winning book, edited by Diane Coles-Levine, uh, has been widely and positively received in the industry. Uh, Alex, new ways of working. This is an exciting field. Uh, it's not only in the office traditionally, but also at home, in third places like Starbucks, at clients' places. Tell us what's happening.
1: Uh, do you know what, what my office is like? It's easy going. My office is this. Yeah, because I have my emails on it, I'm um, really linked to my office, so I have voice over IP on my uh, mobile, there is no need for me to have a fixed office. Your conference
0: was in downtown Los Angeles, your four-day conference, and you were one of the presenters, and all those high-rises are downtown, and people drive in through traffic on the 110, and they go up to their offices, sit down, open up their computer, spend most of the time on their computer and then go back to the garage and drive in traffic home, and
1: there really isn't a need for some of them to actually be physically in that office. Work changes. Uh, You could do all the concentrated work at home. There is not really a need to go to the office. On the other hand, uh, the work in the office changes dramatically. As you do the concentrated work, maybe at home, on the beach, wherever you like, uh, it's more the meeting, the requirement to come together to have this Tangling with uh, your company, this keeping the people with the company, and to meet the, uh, there and to exchange ideas, to be innovative. That is the reason why people are going to the office, and of course this changes the office environment. You have to adapt now the classical offices, the cubicles, because cubicles are for working alone. Now we have more the meeting rooms that are necessary. We have to have hubs there. We have to have maybe a launch area. I give an example. What would you think um, the SAP headquarters, which is one of these IT companies, uh, the sales in Washington, what is the ratio between the people, the sales force, and the desk? No idea. It's 10 people share one desk. Wow. Yeah, so you can reduce dramatically the amount of space you use for this. On the other hand, if you go to one of the research labs, of the development labs, what do you think there are the ratios between the people and the workspace? Well, you want a lot of people together to interchange. It is one person is having several spaces. Wow. Yeah, because they, they should feel free, they should be innovative. Maybe they go outside and they sit outside in the sun and talk to each other and then develop something and be innovative.
0: Many companies have successfully allowed workers to work from home. Mm -hmm. But one of the concerns always is you're losing control over them. And I know metrics are very important, that you need a baseline measurement of productivity in the office and then at home. And I guess enlightened companies, look, they don't care how many hours it takes you to do the job. They want to get the job done and have a measurement of your productivity.
1: I think that's the, that's the main problem we are facing at the moment. It's not about how to design the office, it's about to change the management, to change away from you're a good boy because you come at 9 o'clock in the morning and you leave at 5 o'clock, and yes, we pay your bills, it's about the management has to change and say, okay, what is the result I want you to deliver to me, and then I pay you the bills. And this change is not with facility management. This change only can be done together with HR. And your university,
0: uh, Vienna University of Technology, is one of the few international universities that actually do a lot of case studies to prove that the theoretical concepts actually work. That, that even though you're letting people work away from the office, uh, the work is getting done and even getting done more
1: productively. You will not believe what we did as a last case study. It was about tax offices in Vienna. Tax offices. And normally you say tax offices are very traditional, okay? But they said, okay, tax offices should also be teamwork because you have one time in the year where all the companies are issuing their tax declarations. It's another time of the year when the private people issue their tax declarations. So you have a hub on one team and another hub of the other team. What the tax offices say now, why not exchange the teams, and when there is one hub, that they maybe help the other one. But you have to change the office environment for that, because otherwise, everyone would sit in their cabin, in their cabinet, and there is no teamwork possible. I know that the concept of silos is very important, and one of the
0: things you try and do, both in your space design and everything else, is to break down the silos and get better interaction.
1: That's that's the main thing. As I said already, it's mainly to have communication. And I give you one last word about it. Uh, HR wanted to have teamwork, but people sat in their cabinets, so it was not possible. And then we gave them not an open space. It was not 200 people in one room. It was eight people in one room. And then one of the persons said, now I understand what teamwork means. Nice. So it shows you how space
0: can influence behavior. We'll be back, and in the last segment, we'll be talking about the future and why this is such an exciting field. We'll be right back.
2: How do you like your chances the rest of the week? I got no
0: idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, or at least we won't go hungry.
2: Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah.
0: But if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call.
2: Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan?
0: There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company.
2: Victory or not, Naples Rib Company
0: 2141 Belfast, Long Beach. i like to take you somewhere, Where else can go. With, two of us now with Charter, TV will never be the same. Now you can make a date with your favorite movies and shows anywhere and anytime with on the go content from Charter. We're back with Professor Alexander Redline, and let's talk about the future, Alex. Uh, it's an exciting field, uh, but to accomplish change, the facility managers have to convince the, the boardroom, the big shots, that this is a good thing, particularly if they're asking them to give up their big offices and all. And so they need to learn the language of the boardroom,
1: which involves dollars, risk management, and sustainability. i give you an example. Uh, We made a study with 90 companies issuing corporate social responsibility reports. The corporate social responsibility report states what is the mission and the goal of a company in the area of sustainability. And when we look on these targets, then we can see a 99.9% overlapping of the targets of these companies with the activities of facility management. The targets are about carbon dioxide reduction that we don't do so much emission, that we save energy, that we save water and we save uh, waste. But if you look, uh, how often do you think FM is mentioned? It's less than 10%. So less than 10% of the board of directors is knowledge that they have a management inside that is, should take responsibility about these sustainability measures. and. They print these books together with marketing uh, and together with controlling, but the manager who is responsible for that is not on the target list.
0: And you pointed out to me before we went on air that a lot of facility managers were doing other things and then kind of drifted into this responsibility, yeah. but now with IFMA and other organizations, it's becoming a more professional organization, people are being trained as facilities managers, and there's enormous growth potential in this field
1: most of the facility managers today are coming from technical backgrounds. Yeah, they like to drill around but what they have to learn is that they learn the language of the board. Yeah. If facilities today say, I need a new heating, they go up to the board and say, we need a new heating. If they would sell it differently, if they would say, Art, you said we should reduce carbon dioxide. I have a nice project that reduces 10 percent of your carbon dioxide. And by the way, the energy is reduced by another 10%, then they would sell easier the costs that this project will arise. And this field now involves really strategic planning where
0: the facilities manager can, can influence uh, the bottom line by a cost saving in space and an increase in productivity by a des- redesign of the office and having some people work at home and elsewhere.
1: But he has to be aware, yeah, not only to concentrate on cost saving, because then he is only a cost center. He has to show the value on the bottom line. He has to say, OK, I'm, in, I'm helping you to raise your uh, sustainability targets. okay? And on the other hand, I can help you to increase the productivity. I give an example of Vienna. We moved the eight tax offices to one building. This was not only a reduction of space, it was a boost of the performance of the people there. Wow. So and you get a double win. You, you save money a and, third and a third win. The third win was that the carbon dioxide emission, because they reduced the space by 50%, not because they worked at home, but they had better and more efficient space there, they could reduce the carbon dioxide emission by 30% and energy use also by 20 or 25%.
0: So a cost-saving, an increase in productivity, and, and sustainability. Yes. Triple win. Triple win. Why
1: are some companies resistant to this? Because uh, they are not knowledgeable and they are not looking in the books that this is really a cost driver.
0: How come Europe is ahead of America in making these changes?
1: because we do a lot of this recession. You can read it uh, in your news that Europe is tangling uh, with the economy. So we had to look very dearly where we have some margins that we can use. And that's the reason why we are focusing now on facility management. So ironically, your recession and economic problems kind of drove these changes. Yes, totally right. Before, <laughs> 90, uh, to, before 2001, It was not really on the target. But we don't have to wait. Well, we we are
0: in our own recession,
1: actually, so maybe that will
0: uh,
1: uh, drive some change here. And I think it would also help us because this is a big industry, and this industry is lacking experts. And it's really a good job opportunity because in in Europe and also in the States, uh, about 50% of the existing managers in this area are going into retirement soon. So we have a real lack for persons there. This is a job opportunity that is rather safe because when you do production, you can use and go to with production to India, to China, but the buildings, the office buildings, they are in LA, and you have to service, maintain, and to manage them in LA. So this is an exciting field for young people to think
0: of getting into, and if you want further information, you can contact IFMA, the trade group, Uh, at the website that we're putting up at the end of the segment. Uh, uh, IFMA has uh, uh, 23,000 members in 78 countries,
1: so there's an IFMA chapter probably near where you live or work. And if you want to come to Europe, there's also an association called EuroFM that is partnering a lot with IFMA, and I think all these associations should join forces, because together we can bring this into the market and we can boost the economy with that. And increasingly, companies are not just dollar-driven, although that certainly is
0: the basic core purpose of any corporation, but it's the triple bottom line, people, planet, and profit. Not just money, but also concern about their workers, even their contracted workers, and of course also the planet. We'll be back with the remaining portions of Straight Talk after these messages.
1: who are closest to you. From our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Bill is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees.
0: As an outsider looking in on the field of facility management, I find it quite fascinating that uh, enlightened firms can increase their bottom line, increase productivity, and also increase creativity in the proper spaces. So space really matters buildings matter and I know uh, in your presentation at the IFMA conference in LA this past week you dealt with the increasing use of mixed-use buildings tell us 30 seconds on mixed
1: use if you would come to Vienna you would see that we have mixed buildings what means mixed buildings In, in the ground level you have shops there on the first level maybe the second level you have offices there and up there you have the flats what is the advantage I live in the house where my office is. I don't have to drive, as you said, two hours, one hour in the morning, one hour back in the evening. It would help us with all the traffic problems. And to bring this together is really a booster for being at home and with your family because you have more time because you don't spend it on the road. Alex, thank you so much for uh,
0: visiting us here on Straight Talk and uh, continued success with your work in Vienna. Thanks. It was a pleasure. And thank you for joining us. Please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.
2: Since 1921, the Long Beach Lions Club have been crusading to help the vision health of every person by providing care and supplies to eye clinics all over Long Beach, including the American Red Cross in times of crisis. Become a Long Beach Lion and make a difference every day in our community. For more information on how you can help, contact the Long Beach Lions Club today.